From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, Councillor Paul Tully votes against more transparency measures. Ipswich's famous McMahon soft drinks return for a limited time. Jamie's Ministry of Food to reopen for the holidays and Westmorton COVID testing reaches 100,000. It's Friday, November 27, 2020, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. The November 26 Ordinary Meeting of Ipswich City Council considered a long agenda of officers' reports in addition to the usual committee report recommendations. An item about the Transparency and Integrity Hub within the report from the Governance and Transparency Committee heard that fewer than six former councillors and council company directors had given permission to publish historical data. Council is also seeking a waiver from the Information Commissioner to allow publication of historical data and consideration of that request is ongoing. From the meeting, Mayor Theresa Harding put this question to Council's General Manager of Corporate Services, Sonia Cooper. So those who have signed the privacy waiver, um, when will their expenses be published or do we still have to go to the Information Commissioner? Mayor, we could commence publishing, in fact, those uh, former councillors mm-hmm. and former directors that have consented. We could commence publishing mm-hmm. that uh, really effectively now. Okay. So we, we could do that. And uh, to go back to your, your question uh, in terms of when, um, so uh, subject to all of those processes I just described, um, we would be looking to begin that publication, certainly no later than the um, before the calendar year is out. Thank you. Before the committee's recommendations were put to the vote, Councillor Tully attempted to move a variation to remove reference to implied consent from the recommendations to allow Council to publish current Councillor's expenses on the hub. All right, well, I'll, I'll move an amendment, um, a variation that the words, um, three words be deleted from paragraph A, either there, oh, sorry, four words, either there and the words or implied be deleted. So, so that it would read, have provided their okay. express consent. And the, the amendment, just to clarify that, uh, to delete four words, either there and the words or implied, be deleted. Councillor Tully's variation did not get up, owing to the lack of a seconder. Is there anyone who will second Councillor Tully's motion? Oh, sorry, amend, sorry, amendment? There being no seconder, that has not gone through. We'll revert back to the original um, recommendation. When the Transparency and Integrity Hub item recommending current councillors' expenses be published on the Hub was put to the vote, Councillor Paul Tully was the only councillor to vote against. Mayor Harding put the original recommendations to the meeting for a vote. Is there any other discussion on recommendations A and B? There being none, I'll put that motion to the floor. Those in favour, please raise your hand. And I look around and it's unanimous except for Councillor Tully. Just and a point of order, could you please take oh, my vote because um, that could either be regarded as voting oh, in the negative or, or okay. abstain. Oh, I'm about to ask if yeah, there would be... Yeah. Those against? There's Councillor Tully. Thank you very much. The motion passed. 
The full meeting can be viewed on Council's YouTube channel. McMahon's Fruit Drinks was started by Frank McMahon in 1934 in a small rented building in West Street, Ipswich. By the late 1950s and 60s, the business was a household name across the region. The 1974 flood was a huge blow for the family-owned business. McMahon ceased operations in the 1980s. Son of Frank, Peter McMahon, is himself a local legend with the swim factory on the inner city side of the old soft drink factory. For a limited time and only the second time since the factory closed, the McMahon name will make a temporary return to soft drink bottles to help raise funds for Ipswich Hospice. Peter McMahon joins me now. Thanks for talking with Ipswich today, Peter. Thank you, Alan. After so many years since the factory closed, how did all this come about that the the drinks are back? Well, it started off a few years ago. Uh, So let's step back to uh, over the years I've joined Lost Ipswich, which is a Facebook page. And they have sort of something like 20,000 members of this whole thing. And it's just a wonderful site where it just reminisces about things of the past, football teams, photos of old service stations and so on. And whenever the, the word soft drinks comes up, it just gets laden with, oh, I used to love McMahon's soft drinks and I love that Tusbrella and I, I love that anything. And, and so... We had a phone call from this public, this uh, soft drink man up in outside of Toowoomba, and he said, "Do you want some soft drinks, mate?" And I said, "Mate, go away! You know, it's thirty years since we've been that game, and <laughs> if you walk up the if you walk up the alleyways of Woolworths and Coles, the whole world has changed so dramatically." And then my brain twisted around because on that time I was chairman of the hospice management committee, and then. Uh, and I thought, hey, what an interesting way of raising funds for hospice. And um, with uh, the, the marketing people of hospice and also Andrew Sparks, um, the Dupuis personality, uh, we put this idea, in, and I had copies of, of the labels from the Sarsprella and the Anything Days. Um, and so we put together the idea of making it to sell it. And I was very fortunate also to have two of our dad syrup makers who retired and live up sort of towards uh, Rosewood Way. And uh, they were so thrilled. And they went up on the, the day where this guy made his first brew. The anything was, it basically is a fruit cola. I was and, about um, to ask you, for those new to Ipswich, what is anything? Well, let's talk about the history of anything, and then we'll go back to the rest of the story. All right. My father was in, in around Australia, and no matter who you have talking to you about Australia, each town, little town, had a soft drink factory, and um, it, you know it was just a way of life. Probably in the sixties, maybe moving into the seventies, it started to sort of rationalise, and we were very fortunate to be Ipswich one, but. Um, Dad was down in New South Wales somewhere and he called into the local soft drink guy and they just had a yarn about things and, and the guy said, do you want a drink? Oh, yeah, what do you want? Oh, I'll have anything. And the guy said, here's a bottle of anything. My father said, bloody fool. <laughs> and, and suddenly he, he was this yes. yep. And, and um, Dad came over and said, what a great idea. And so... It, 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 it's sort of become one of our major flavours. 
it, it basically is a fruit cola. Coca-Cola is a sort of a dry cola. It's just more of a sweeter one, uh, and that's where it started. So anyhow, look, uh, Zane and Sharon went up to help them make the brew, and uh, uh, we used, obviously, Lockhips, which is a marketing tool, and Hospice has its own Facebook page, and we used the Queensland Times to sort of push it. And last year, um, I, I'm a bit worried about these figures, but we raised $36,000 for selling something like about 400 cartons of McLaren Star. It is a premium price product, but it's always done at this time of year because, you know, oftentimes, you know, it is associated with older Ipswichians or older ones introducing their siblings or their children to what was old Ipswich. So instead of buying a pair of underpants or a pair of socks, you buy them a bottle of carton of McMahon's Sarsaparilla. It must give you a bit of a thrill, Peter, to see the old soft oh, drinks back in their bottles with the logo on I, the boxes. I, I regret. Yeah. We had, we had, uh, we've got about 200 cartons of each under the old factory, and my father would be just so thrilled. Uh, onto the Sarsaparilla, and, and uh, at the present time, and we are talking, you've got a date time, of today the 26th or whatever it is, uh, we've sold over 150 stars cartons. Now they're pre-ordered, and about 120 cartons of anything have been pre-ordered. So um, you could be on track to beat last year's numbers. Oh, we'd like to think so. And mm-hmm. the momentum, uh, as we know, will build up a bit later on. In the show notes for this podcast, I'll put a link directly to Hospice. Uh, which is where you can Thank jump you on and uh, get all yeah. the information yeah. to uh, to buy a yeah. carton or two. But if I can just steal a couple of more minutes of your time, Peter, to go yeah, back sure. in back in time, what are your first memories of working in the soft drink factory? Uh, it was my childhood. Um, uh, I, you know, the, the factory was always next to the house, uh, and uh, my father is just interesting. Dad was wasn't highly educated. He probably did scholarships. Uh, but he just had a work ethic and uh, put his mind to sort of setting it up and, and we it was our childhood. And, and I, I tell a story about my father ran the factory, mum ran the house. I do not remember my father ever making a decision on clothing. He, <laughs> everything would be laid out for him with the dress. Yep. But he also used um, white aprons and because he was playing with flavours and colours, they would get dirty every day, but he would always get a brand new one. Mum would put it into the old boiler, put the blue in there, and scrub these aprons, make sure Dad was tidy and clean when he went to work the following day. We used to retail um, soft drinks at the front door, and, uh, and I must be, I don't know, six, maybe eight, I, I have no idea what age. And I was the best salesman you could ever get, but I couldn't handle the change. We had this lovely lady in the office, and she was busy as hell, and she'd have to go and sort the trains Now, McMahon's uh, created some iconic brands. You've told us about anything, yeah, and, yeah, and of course, your, yeah. your sarsaparilla was famous as well, well beyond yes, Ipswich. Were yeah. there any others that were in that league? Uh, look, can I just talk about the sarsaparilla? Um, our, our distribution area stopped at the Weybridge going east. Mm-hmm. Um, but we distribute right through to Linville on the Brisbane Valley. It's up past Moor, past the Wharf. Yes. We went to Grantham, um, and then we also went right through to Mount Alfred on the Boona Asset area. And, but in those days, 
a lot of the public, a lot of people drinking beer had a hangover from the war because somehow the beer never was of high quality, mm-hmm. and so the the, the, the um, individuals wanted to have their beer, but they used to dull it by putting sarsaparilla in it. And I could take you to pubs in Marburg, uh, to Minier, uh, many places like that where there would hardly be a, da- a beer without a dash of sarsaparilla in And the great thing was that Dad, that our sars allowed them to keep the foam on top, whereas Kirk's sars it made it go flat. <laughs> there must be a secret we, recipe or two in there. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I think it's luck by my father, but I don't think he planned that. But it, it was a very far more acceptable product than those foreign Brisbane-based soft drinks called Turks. Now you talked about the time when there was a soft drink factory in in every town. What do you yes. think brought about the demise of oh, of the individual really, town yeah. bottler? No, what happened? Uh, it, it happened to McMahon's. Uh, you know, we closed down in late eighties. Uh, uh, what happened was in the early seventies. Uh, I talk Ipswich. Um, we got the Valfair built, and suddenly we got Coles in the middle of town. Change. They came, got built, and Mrs. Housewife also started getting a job. Prior to that, you know, there was very strong rules about married women had to forego their job when yeah. they got married. Mm-hmm. But the rules changed, and so women got jobs. But the other important thing was that people started buying cars. In the late 50s, 60s, you bought a car, including your parents or whatever, they would have had, they would have paid cash. And then suddenly in that late 60s, early 70s, AGC came along, AGC type of operation. Yes. And offered finance. So suddenly there was a lot more mobility. And so therefore, retailing got recentered into the shopping centers. The corner store died. Um, uh, there's other things lingered on for a while, but uh, our home delivery died because of mum wasn't home. There mm-hmm. was back in the 60s, 50s, there was always someone in the house. So, you know, the home delivery was not only the soft drinks, but there was the meat, the fruit, and the ice band. And that was why the demise of those small places because supermarkets took over the marketing and one way packaging came to the fore. And we got involved in that, but it sort of became too complicated to you. So that makes it. sense. Why the why the demise of uh, the local soft drink manufacturer? Yes, uh, people indeed. went home, lifestyles changed. Mm. There are isolated incidents, like our friend uh, at Pittsworth, and there's one at Crow's Nest, and uh, a great friend and, of the family. That's extraordinary in itself that they're, they're a surviving in this day and age. Oh, yeah. Mm. But they've, they've picked up a niche market. Yes. And their overheads are low, but... Uh, one of our associates is our friend Chip Fleming, who started Electra Brewery, and that's the, he's Mr. Bundaberg, he's here, and done phenomenal, done phenomenal. He, his son-in-law runs it these days, but um, uh, they had a product that was very special, very, and and uh, they sort of able to expand and get the overheads down, and you know they export all over the world. I caught up with him a couple of months ago, and he said he had an order from uh, Costco, America, for $12 million worth of stocking. You shake your head and think about that's just that. You get a Kiwi country and their products everywhere. Yeah. So there's an opportunity of small little operators, but not not any big, you know, that's these other guys that make Crow's Nest and Pittsburgh are just hard workers, and um, that's why my friend that's doing my run 
he's under strict instructions that we need product there we'll do it on midnight on Sunday <laughs> well all this talk of soft drinks making me thirsty Peter so thank okay, you so much right. thank you so right, much for sharing you. that story thank and thanks for talking to Ipswich today thank you mate thanks for allowing me to be part of bye Face-to-face cooking classes will make a welcome return to Jamie's Ministry of Food in Ipswich with the launch of a school holiday program. With funding contribution from the Queensland Government and with support from Health and Wellbeing Queensland, Jamie's Ministry of Food has to date provided nutritional education and cooking skills for locals. The school holiday program over five days will teach students aged 12 and up the basics of food, nutrition and cooking, as well as some of Jamie's special tips and tricks. Building on the success of their virtual community hubs, classes will still be made available online. If you'd like more info, go to this website, thegoodfoodfoundation.com.au. More than 100,000 COVID-19 tests have been conducted in the West Morton region so far in 2020. According to Westmorton Health, this milestone was passed last week and was only accomplished due to strong partnerships between the region's healthcare providers. More than one in four Westmorton residents have been tested since the 1st of January this year, some of them several times. The last person to test positive in Westmorton was on the 15th of September. The demand for testing had increased last week due to people returning from South Australia where there was that outbreak. Anyone experiencing any COVID-19 symptoms, no matter how mild, should stay at home and be tested. The symptoms include a fever, cough, sore throat, shortness of breath, runny nose, fatigue, loss of taste or smell, vomiting or diarrhoea. For the full list of COVID clinics in the Westmorton region, visit westmorton.health.qld.gov.au forward slash coronavirus. And a reminder, Saturday, November 28, marks an historic moment for Ipswich with the official opening of a key stage of the $250 million Nicholas Street Precinct redevelopment. The city's new Civic Plaza, now known as Tulma Place, will be open for the first time with markets and the turning on of the precinct's water play zone. The handmade expo markets will be held from 9am to 2pm. You can check the show notes for links to websites highlighted in this episode. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the donate button at the bottom of the page. You can subscribe for free and share this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich Today from your smart speaker. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thanks for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.